Welcome to Life Changing Money, a podcast all about one of the most taboo topics in the world, money. I'm your host, Barbara Shrehan, and we're going behind the scenes on business owners' journeys to money, success, and wealth. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Changing Money. I have my good friend here, Kristen Cantrell. She is the founder of Connect and Cultivate and also a podcast host of Moms in Real Estate. So thanks for... We're in person. We're in person. Came out to Tucson today. You're my first in-person guest. I love it. Well, at my house. I've recorded in other people's podcast Mm -hmm. studios for our podcast. Anyways, yeah. Well, your podcast studio is beautiful. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Do you want to give us like a little bit of background? What is Connect and Cultivate? How you got here? Yeah, for sure. So I have been in the real estate industry for, um, gosh, like eight years now. And I started out as a recruiter. And what I learned really fast was that I really like to create spaces and teach agents and honestly, like just any business owner, how to go and get in front of people in an authentic way. And So about two years ago, I started um, my company, which is Connect and Cultivate, and it's uh, creating a space for realtors to thrive. And I literally show up kind of like a broker owner um, under the eXp platform. And I do tons of fun events, events that I want to show up to, like just because I selfishly like them. Um, And I create community and connection. And I also coach people all over the United States on how to do that as well. And I have to say her events are amazing. She hosts Flourish, which is it once a year? It's twice twice a year. Mm -hmm. Twice a year. And so I was able to go to the one, uh, the last one, and I'm speaking at the one in November. Well, we can't get enough of you. We need you again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I didn't even know there was recruiters for real estate agents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brokerages usually hire a recruiter. They just usually suck. And they're like people that cold call and like lie and say, oh, I've been following your business. And so for me, I took a different approach where it was all relational and getting in front of my ideal clients and building relationships with people I liked. And typically, I like badass women that like to build. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. And how did the podcast come about? So the podcast came early in my business because I was cold calling when I first started. And I was like, I don't like the people that are showing up to appointments. So I was like, how can I create my own opportunity? And who do I want in the seat across from me? And for me, I had a brand new baby and I had a one-year-old and I was like, I need to be around moms. And so I uh, started Moms in Real Estate. And that's how the podcast started was for me to get in front of my ideal client and build a relationship. I love that. I have to say, so we have a ton of real estate clients in the tax firm for tax strategy because I don't know if you've noticed this too, but real estate agents are so messy and so (laughs) unorganized. I can tell you why. Most real estate agents, if you've ever looked at the DISC profile, they're DIs, they're drivers and influencers, and they're not good at the details, which is like the S and C personality types. And so you have all these people that go out and do and want to be friends with everybody, but then they're like, oh yeah, I don't want to look at like that part of my business. And I like literally understand that with all my heart. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I, I tell people real estate agents are like our worst clients, yeah. but also our favorite clients yeah, because they need you. <laughs> they need everything. They need uh-huh. all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you also mentioned 
while we were hanging out at the house about a vending machine business Mm -hmm. that you had. So tell us about like other businesses you've had in your entrepreneur journey. Well, it's actually kind of funny because um, I got out of college. I went to ASU and I went to the WP School of Cary um, and I got my degree in business and communications and it was the biggest waste of money ever. What I think that was the best part, like the best thing that we invested in was the vending machine business, not necessarily because it was like this massively successful thing, but the lesson of owning a vending machine company, I had 68 machines. They were all um, like soda can machines and I had to go place them and I placed them at construction warehouses because those guys like soda. (laughs) And I had to, I had a big red van and I literally would have to stock it up full of soda and waters. And I would go and sweat and like load them up and say hi to everybody. And it was fun. It was a good time. And that was like, honestly, where I learned a lot of my business skills and my relational skills was doing that and serving tables before that. (laughs) And did you end up selling that company or what happened with that? Yeah, I was in Southern California at the time and we wanted to move back to Arizona. And so I sold the route, moved home and tried to figure out what I wanted to do. And I gave myself my 20s to figure out, like try everything and figure out what you want to do. And so I would try something and if I didn't like it, I'd stop. And then I just kept doing that. And I ended up in the position in real estate um, with Chuck and Angelo Fazio, who are pretty well known in the industry. And they really mentored me and kind of guided me into this position that I'm in now. And so do you have like other streams of income since you had vending? Everyone, I feel like you see it on TikTok and like Instagram for different streams of income. They're like vending machines and laundromats <laughs> and real estate. So do you want to chat a little about that? Yeah. So I actually like, um, I think it was probably four years ago. I was at, I go to a lot of like events. I love them and I love listening to entrepreneurs. And I had this guy up and he was talking and he was saying, you should have five income streams that are paying all your bills. And at the time I was just an employee for Chuck and Angela. And I was like, well, that sounds really impossible, but he brain ninja'd me. So I literally like could not get that out of my head. And so um, fast forward, um, I'm at EXP and a lot of people at EXP understand multiple income streams because one thing is you get revenue share there. So they have their transactional business, they get stocks and then they're starting to get revenue share. So I started to be around these people and they all started to do other businesses. And I was like really watching everybody and what they were doing. And so over the last two years, I've been developing, um, income streams and now I have six. Oh, <laughs> I know. So it's cool. Yeah, you beat his five. I did beat his five. And if I count my husband's, I have uh, two more. Oh, (laughs) I know. Perfect. So um, a huge part of your business are events. So how have you been able to create? I mean, the last event I was at, there were hundreds of people. So do you want to chat about like building a community and how that happened? Yeah, I always tell people if they're trying to start out with events and building a community is always remember that everything big starts small and not a hundred people show up the first time, not even 10 people show up the first time, but you need to be consistent and you need to show up no matter what. And if one person shows up, that one person better have the best time, right? So I do anything from small events to big events. And so even my small events, like I make sure that the value is so strong that whoever does show up goes and tells people. 
Um, and so definitely like always just remember if you're consistent and provide value and you stick with it, it will grow. Hmm. So good. So a lot of what you do too, you have a huge team of other real estate agents and they probably come to you for advice mm-hmm. and leadership and all of that. And have you found like a commonality in real estate agents or even just entrepreneurs, but in their money mindset or like things that are holding them back? Um, you know what? I think that I have such a money block that I don't even like to have conversations with people about it, but I do. I mean, I've had you come and speak to my agents twice now and just the conversations afterwards. I know most people struggle with that. Um, and then one of my girlfriends, she runs a, a, a brand called the investress and it's all female, um, investors. And so one of these girls got up at these meetings and she talked about how women specifically have like huge money blocks. And so she went into like this whole speech about it. And I was like, well, I'm not alone, but I really do think that it's a problem. Like women entrepreneurs, I think just women in general have like, I don't know what it is. (laughs) Yeah. How about, okay. So you're a successful business owner, lots of streams of income. You're married. So you're a wife as well. How, and how many kids do you have? Two. So also a mom, how do you structure, because people ask me this question all the time, how do you structure your day so that Mm -hmm. you can do it all? Uh, Yes. And I think that this comes in waves. Sometimes I'm really great at it and sometimes I'm not, but it is literally, it's the simplest thing. Everybody says that you just live by your calendar and you have to like literally plan it. So when I'm doing really well, every Sunday night, I literally will go in, I'll put in my workouts. I'll put in, if I do date nights, I'll put in you know, soccer, all the things that are like, they have to be in there. And then I go in and I add like my prospecting time. I add in my coaching times. I do, um, you know, Calendly's like my best friend now. So I can go in and put my availability for specific things when I'm sending out my link for people to book. So um, I think living by your calendar and sticking to it. So when you wake up or even the night before, look at your phone and say, what does tomorrow look like? And then when you wake up, you don't have to be like, what am I doing today? Because that's what most entrepreneurs I feel like struggle with. They're like, I have so much to do, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. <laughs> like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I'm, as you're saying that, I'm looking at my calendar that's pulled up here <laughs> on the side and it's literally like, you can even see overlapping. It. Yeah. <laughs> and I have, I have my self care in the morning written out and all of my appointments today and then like chiropractor and the gym, yes. because if it's not on there, like you it's literally it. not happening. Mm-hmm. I'll start just like checking emails mm-hmm. and, you know, doing whatever to avoid all the other things on my calendar. So yeah, super good. Super good point. I had a girl on my podcast. Her name's lawyer or Lori Plyer. And she, I think that's her name. Um, but she talked about, um, she literally planned out her life and she's like, what life do I want to show up to? And she wrote that into an ideal schedule and she sticks to it. And she, in two years is super successful in her business. And I swear it's because of that, you know, and it's like, we have to remind ourselves, like, we don't have to do these activities we don't like. So what do we want to do that gets us, you know, for entrepreneurs, like we constantly have to be in front of people. So what are we doing to go out and meet people? It's authentic to us and putting that into your calendar and making sure you're doing those things. Yeah. So good. Um, oh, I totally just lost. I had a good question for you and then I totally forgot what it was going to be. Um, oh, okay. So you mentioned having 
you know, you hit your goal of those five income streams mm-hmm. that the guy brain ninja mm-hmm. you <laughs> on. He did. So you hit that goal, but what are your like overall goals for entrepreneurship? I think like entrepreneurship is so hard. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to have like this. What's the end goal? I actually don't have an end goal. Like I'm just like, I, I don't. I don't know. I, you know, I always, I actually was reading a book. Um, my whole neighborhood was reading and I was like, what are they reading? And so I started listening to it on audible and it was talking about how, like, we always want more and more and more and like, when's enough enough. And, you know, as I started bringing in more and more money, um, and honestly for me, and this is not everybody, like it was more money, more problems. And I had like, I had that mindset and it was like, I almost felt like if when I started getting more successful, I was like, well, why am I able to get this stuff? And I'd start to feel really uncomfortable. So it's, it's hard. Like for me, like it's hard for me to make goals, um, to say, oh, well, what do I want a thousand agents in my organization? I have 350 right now. Like I could say, sure, I want a thousand agents, but what does that mean? You know? So for me, I really want, um, it's not necessarily like a goal where it's like, I need this much money or this many people or, you know, all those things. It's more about like bringing myself to be able to uh, be present when I'm with my friends and my family, that's stuff I struggle with. So like, to me, if I can figure that kind of stuff out, that's more of a win than bringing in like more people, more money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have that same answer. It's not really ever a monetary no. thing. Mm-mm. Is there a common, like, if you could give any advice to some real estate agents, and I only say agents because you work with a lot of them, but it can work with anyone, but um, any advice for them on like growing their business and how to expand? Um, it's such a, it depends on what stage they're currently at, you know? So I feel like for for most people, it's just coming up with like something consistent that you can show up to. Like, honestly, I feel like so many people, like they go back to, well, I'm not, I, I tried that, but then it it didn't work. So I stopped doing that. So I feel like it's, it's really like mapping out a plan and sticking to it is like the most simple advice I can give an entrepreneur. Yeah. Kind of back to the calendar. Yeah. The calendar. I'm a big proponent of the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. And sometimes we overcomplicate things and we don't need to. Yeah, for sure. Isn't there a stat that's like, and you probably know it better than I do, but only like one in a hundred or something like that real estate agents actually like <clears throat> make good money. And how do you like, I mean, obviously you don't want agents on your team that aren't performing. So how do you like inspire them and help them? Well, one thing that I learned more from the brokerage side is, um, you know, we went from 350 agents to 906 agents in the four years that I was the recruiter for them. And my best year was 350 agents in one year. And I think you can get caught up in, well, why, you know, like this one's not doing that great. And like, or this one's doing awesome or whatever. And like sit and think of each thing. But at the same time, like, I just like, you almost have to take a step back and it is a numbers game. Like, if you're showing up and you're providing value and they're plugging in, they will succeed. But if you literally have to keep feeding your pipeline because 90% of real estate agents fail within the first three years, I hear teams all the time and they're like, Oh, I want my team, like, you know, small and powerful. And I'm like, that's fantastic. But you still have to recruit. Like you still have to bring people in. Cause guess what? 
people might leave you one day. Like the typical agent is on a team for one to three years. So then what happens when they leave? That's why EXP is so beautiful is they don't leave. But <laughs> it's like you constantly have to keep bringing people in. And so um, I really pour into the people that show up. And if somebody only does two deals a year, five deals a year, 10, whatever it is, there's still a space for them. Like I'm happy to be there and they're showing up and I'm like, awesome. Like you can come and participate in everything that we do, all the coaching, all the training, all the events. But if they don't show up, I also don't care. I don't, and when you, I feel like when you're ready to scale that big and build, like you just, you can't worry about that. I don't know. <laughs> and I also see you like super plugged into these really powerful networks with really powerful women how have you been able to get in those rooms and have these amazing people as mentors? Just ask. <laughs> Honestly, like I feel like I I can ask anybody to go get coffee. Some people feel like that's weird. But when I see somebody I want to build a relationship with, I have no shame in asking them and telling them that I follow them and think that they're doing awesome. And I want to be in their circle and making sure that that happens. Um I provide a lot of value for people. So even connecting them with other people so that they can see that, like, you know, but I, I definitely say like, if you see somebody that you want to be in their circle, you can make that happen. Just ask them and start to show up at different things that they show up at too. Awesome. And I always like to ask mamas this question, but how do you handle teaching your kids? about money and how do you handle like chores and allowances and stuff like that? <laughs> oh, well, I'm a shit show with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I definitely try to implement, but I'm not consistent with. So I could take some of my business advice into my own. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's where I struggle, but um, I do have a chore chart. I do give them allowances when they're doing chores and stuff, but it's not consistent. I know they're five and seven. So I need to get my shit together. <laughs> Are there certain money lessons that you want them to learn as they get older? Yeah, absolutely. Like I want them to not have the money problems that I I have. And I actually was listening to your other podcast and I was like, it's so crazy because we do have like these generational like things that just like go from one generation to another. And for me, I just was thinking when she was talking, I'm like, I'm totally going to mess my kids up with my money problems. So anyways, yeah, it's one of the areas I need to work on. I love it. Well, thanks for being so transparent with us yes. because not everyone is perfect with their money, even super successful entrepreneurs. So I love that you mentioned that, but um, for our listeners that might want to come to an event of yours, do you want to kind of chat about any upcoming events and then where is the best place to find you? Yeah. So flourish is an all female entrepreneur event and it's three days and it's so fun. We do it every April and every November. You can always see the flourish event.com to see like when the next one is, we should have our speakers all up on the site pretty much within the next week. Um, we have a really good lineup this uh, November. So it's November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And um, we also, I do a lot of other random events. Like we just did the Modern Ladies in Real Estate in Boise. And um, we're talking about doing Dallas next. So um, yeah, I would say connect with me on Instagram. I'm always posting about that kind of stuff. So I'm Hey Kristen Cantrell on Instagram. And you can always see upcoming events and fun on there. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and being in my house and recording and spending the day with us. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Changing Money. Don't forget to subscribe. And I would love if you left a review and shared it with your friends. See you next time.